Can you imagine? Come on, y'all. With all of the faith in the room, what the Lord can do. What the Lord can do. Here's what I wonder. I wonder on a night like tonight in cold Louisiana. My God in heaven. Some boudin cooled me back down though. I ate something in the green room back there. I ain't going to lie. I wonder, is tonight the night that faith joins with faith and desperation joins with desperation and need joins with need where, where dignity and professionalism and church leaves the room so that the presence of God can have you do what you've never done so you can receive what you've never gotten. I believe some of us, like I was looking around doing worship, and I was like, I, we're a little too professional. Come on, somebody. Like, maybe we're a little too churched. Or maybe we're just offbeat. I don't know what it is. I, like, maybe we just don't have rhythm. I don't know. But sometimes I wonder if the Holy Spirit is sometimes like, really? You're saying the word desperation, but I can't see it because your situation is still praising and talking louder than you. Your worry, your anxiety is still louder than you. So I just wonder, Mike, on a night like tonight, could, could we just lose dignity? Could, could we just lose professionalism? I, I, like I know some of y'all came from work and your deodorant is running off. Come on, somebody. But in my old church, tracks would fall out in Baltimore and come off somebody. People were so desperate to see God. So I wonder before I preach, can we raise up a desperation praise in this place? Will somebody get a little undignified? Will somebody, come on, come on, come on, get outside of themselves and say, God, I want you to do something that you've never done. I wasn't supposed to start like this. I literally down there said, start low, start low. And uh, I, I, I'm just excited because I feel like, matter of fact, go ahead and look down your row. Look at who's on your row. Look, look down. Now, now look to the other side of your row and get a little attitude on your face. <laughs> because what if it's up to somebody on your row? What if miracles are contagious tonight? What, what, what if my praise is affecting somebody else's praise? What if the way I'm going after God is affecting? I, I, I just wonder. I just want to come on, look down your road. Some of y'all need to stretch. Because you might pull a muscle praising God tonight. Come on, somebody. I believe God is going to do something amazing tonight. I believe that the glory of the latter Mike with me tonight. Y'all better watch out.
Somebody say, I went to the enemy's camp. set of atmosphere. I walked up in the stage and stepped into something. Thank you. My God in heaven. I am... Um, where do I go from here? Huh? Uh, um, I turned 50 in nine days. And I know what you're... Yeah, my wife is a lucky woman. I know that. I know that's what y'all were thinking. But I, I just have this mindset that I don't care no more. I don't care about a service. I, I don't care about three points and a close. I want people to encounter Jesus. And if we have to sing more, we'll do that. If I got to get on the drums, if I got, I don't know how, like, if I, whatever we're going to do. We, we want to see God show up in this place. Like, why come out on a, on a Monday night? Is that, what, is that what tonight is? On a Monday night? I've been traveling, like, you know, I don't know. Just for the sake of coming out. I, I, let me say it this way. It's up to you if you want to leave empty-handed. I believe I have a word from the Lord. And uh, y'all can have y'all seat because I got to start preaching because I heard they was cooking gumbo somewhere for me afterwards. <laughs> I, I, I knocked off three boudin balls in the back. I ain't going to lie, I ain't going to lie. So... I'm glad I'm up here by myself because I'm a little gassy, you know what I'm saying? I'm a little gassy, I'm a little gassy. But I'm honored to be here. Uh, I love this trip every year. I, I, I pray that I just keep getting invited back. Even if I don't preach, I just want to eat. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm just so honored that uh, the priest who God has placed over this house has been a voice in my life, Pastor Jacob, has called me when I needed a call. He's encouraged me when I needed encouragement. He's, man of God? Say, yes, sir. You speaking the Holy Ghost this morning? Yes, sir. All right. Just wanted to make sure and hang up the phone. Like, he just wanted to know. <laughs> he says, it's hard for a man to fall when he spends his life on his knees. And, uh, I thank God for your pastor. Can we just give it up for Pastor Jacob and Michelle? And I thank God for you, Don and Gabe. 
I'm just, I'm grateful when I come back just that it's like when you travel and preach, it's like you go always wonder, Ryan, what you're walking into. And I, and I thank God that we, we get an opportunity to walk into an atmosphere that has been prepared. Amen. And, uh, and I'm grateful for that. Ryan and Mike, I'm grateful for your ministry. I'm grateful for your friendship. Uh, um, I'm just, I, I, I told Pastor Jacob, whenever you're here, you just got to be with me or, or we're going to wrestle for you. You know what I'm saying? I win. I win. He's Mexican, but I'm black. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> are y'all ready for a word from God for tonight? Um, I don't know if I came to preach or I don't know if I came to stir your faith, but I was, uh, I'm so glad I was telling Chris, who travels with me from time to time, uh, does all of our social media and just has an anointing for all of that. And on the way here, I just like, I feel like God's going to do some miracles. And then, and then Ryan wants to sing, can you imagine with all of the faith in the room what the Lord can do? I was like, yeah, that's it. That's it. So we're going to go into that at the end, I think. And y'all going to storm the altars and we're going to lay hands and, and somebody walking out of here with a miracle. Why not everybody? Amen. I want you to turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 2. And I'm going to preach a familiar scripture that I'm sure you've heard before about a paralyzed guy on a mat. And as I preach this, I I want to kind of frame it up in a different way. Because I don't think that there was just one paralyzed person in this story. I think there was a whole church paralyzed. And there were only four people who weren't. And I think what happens is, is the, not this church, but the big C church, that we've become paralyzed in religion. We have become paralyzed with going to church and stifled from not being the church. I think we have been stuck in services, which has prohibited our ability to provide kingdom service to the people at work and the people in the mall and the people in our communities. I, I believe that we have been indoctrinated as the body of Christ that the presence of God is reserved for the songs before the sermon. And we have relegated worship to lyrics rather than lifestyle. I, 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 I think in 25 years of doing this that sometimes we get lulled to sleep as if the Bible is fiction. And although the Bible contains miracles, that we think that those miracles are contained in the Bible. Go with me now. That just because the Bible talks about miracles, it means that you ought to live and be a miracle. So although the word of God or the passage I'm going to read contains a miracle, it shouldn't contain the miracle. It should release the miracle. The word that you get inside of the church should be like a pre-glory homecoming service. Come on, somebody. That empowers you to go outside the four walls of the church and be the church. Church doesn't start when service starts. Church starts when service is over. I don't go to church. I am the church. I don't sing about the glory. I bring the glory. I don't reserve the presence of God in the four corners of a building. 
building. The presence of God is supposed to go around the four corners of the earth. I came to tell you that the Bible contains Jesus, but it should not contain Jesus. And we wonder why the world that we live in, that our kids are being lulled to sleep, dying a slow death, being pastored by social media, being pastored by TikTok, being pastored by Instagram, being pastored, come on somebody, by all of these things. Because, And guess what? They have no idea what the authentic presence, glory of God really is because the glory of God has been resolved for the end of a phrase in a song. And what I don't, what I'm trying to figure out is what is the divide? We're more desperate than we've ever been. We're more in debt than we've ever been. We are more swayed by the culture that, that, that of the enemy more than it's ever been. Diabetes is more prevalent than it's ever been. Anxiety is more prevalent than it's ever been. And depression and, and discouragement is more prevalent than it's ever been. We got a whole generation of young people that are being lulled to sleep thinking that they can identify by whatever they want to identify. But I came from the old school that I identified by the blood of Jesus. And the last time I checked, the Bible says that the blood of Jesus, it still works. It still covers. It still delivers. It still heals. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes me white. A snow. We're praying more prayers, but we're praising God less. As if praise <laughs> happens after the miracle. <laughs> no, praise should happen before the miracle. I'm talking about the kind of praise that the enemy has thrown his fiery darts at you. The enemy has, come on, somebody has touched your children like he did Job. The enemy has been busy trying to keep your confidence down, reminding you of your past, reminding you of who you used to be. And yet, he guess what? He gets nervous when you praise when all hell is breaking loose. He gets, he gets discouraged when you praise, come on, somebody, and you got more month than you got money. He gets nervous. They said, I can't believe after I threw that at her and that at him that they still are getting on their feet in the middle of the night saying God thank you for something that hasn't even happened yet could it be that the enemy is nervous when you praise could it be that the enemy flees when you praise but we think praise is cute <laughs> oh bless the Lord Oh, my soul and all that is within me. No, until you get a cancer diagnosis. Uh-huh. Why does our level of disappointment have to increase in order for our level of desperation to increase? 
I, I, I'm, trying, I'm not even in my sermon yet. I, I'm just talking right now. I'm on a soapbox right now. I, I just, in my own life, I, I just want to wake up, and the first thing I do is give God thanks for the day that I haven't even walked in yet. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Old preachers would say, what if you only woke up tomorrow with the things you gave God thanks for today? Oh, you would thank him for your healing. You would thank him for your deliverance. You would thank him if you got adult children who are walking wayward. You would thank God for their salvation. You would thank God that you're out of debt. You would thank God for the marriage that you don't have yet, single people. Come on, somebody. You thank God that you'd be a little cuter tomorrow. Come on, man of God. You thank God that you get your hairline together tomorrow. You would thank God for everything, I dare you, for about five seconds, just to take about, no, about 30 seconds, and thank God. Thank God for the hardships you're going through. Thank God for the money you don't have yet. Thank God for the debt freedom that you don't have yet. Thank God for the car that you don't have yet. Thank God for the healing. God, I thank you for healing. When a doctor gives you a diagnosis, God, I thank you I'm delivered. I thank you I'm free. I thank you I got joy when I'm depressed. I said, thank him. Okay, let me preach. I'm trying to stir your faith a little bit. Mark 2, 1 and 8. When Jesus, start the clock, I'm going to preach all night. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. I love this right here. I could preach just that right there. The power of home field advantage. Woo! The winning percentages go up when you got the home field advantage. Come on, somebody. When you got the home field advantage, there are more with you than against you. Come on, somebody. When you got the home field advantage, no matter how far you're down, as long as you got a few people in your corner, come on, somebody. You feel like you can come back from anything when you got the home field. That's why I love church. That's why I love a spiritual renewal service. Because I know Jesus is back home. Come on, somebody. And tonight we got the home field advantage. I don't care what you came in with. I don't care how low you are. You can come back from it. Verse 2, soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. I love when I pulled up tonight, and I saw all these people who came to church on a Monday night in the cold with the playoffs on. <laughs> I ain't going to lie, I was going to put it on my phone, be right here. <laughs> but I like, wait a minute, y'all guys speaking to me. So packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. Watch this. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the church people. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the religious people. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because all of the people who serve inside the church but left the paralyzed guy on a mat outside the church. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying right now? They, <laughs> they couldn't get him close to Jesus 
because they wanted to be popular but not purposeful. They couldn't bring him close to Jesus because of the crowd. It's amazing to me how Jesus being in a house can cause a room to be full. But that same room ain't full of Jesus. Y'all hate getting on us tonight. No, I'm getting on me. If Jesus is attracting crowds and understand that crowds follow Jesus because of their sickness and their illness and their diseases, some were demonic, some lived countercultural to church culture, but they couldn't. Get him close to Jesus because they judge people because they sin differently than them. Come on, church people. Y'all know how we do. I can't believe they did that. (laughs) But whether you're full of pride or full of pornography, You still need a soul that gets full of grace. Can we be careful not to judge people because they sin differently than us? And they can't get close to Jesus because we don't want them close to us. If I was in my church, I'd say it like this. Don't forget where you came from. I said, don't forget where you came from. Some of y'all are like, what's my purpose? What's God called me to do? What's my ministry? Look at your past and you'll find your purpose. What God saved you from, he'll give you anointing to go back to and heal and deliver and preach and give a testimony. Where somebody says, you mean you? God saved? I know God is real if he touched you. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Can I preach the scripture? Huh? Can I pick apart the scripture? You mean they dug a hole through the roof? You mean they were so unparalyzed? There was a paralyzed guy on the mat. But there also was a whole church full of paralyzed people that were so paralyzed with their own concerns, they weren't concerned about anybody else's paralysis. (laughs) I'm preaching a little bit better than y'all. Y'all like, oh, why he had to say that? Man, God. (laughs) I believe sometimes we can get so consumed with with our own issues that we lose sake of others' issues 
And when you lose sake of others' issues, worried about your issue, you are not the seed of Abraham. Because what I learned by Abraham is that I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm healed to heal. Come on, somebody. I'm tested to testify. This healing ain't for me. God wants to do this healing through me. What God's going to do in me, he's going to do in my coworkers. What God's going to do in me, he's going to do in my family. Come on, somebody. I'm going to carry this healing outside the four walls of this church. I came to tell you that the presence of God tonight is to go. It's not for here. It's to go into the world. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying right now. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The reason why your family is still crazy is because you're crazy enough to keep your healing inside the four walls of the church. Your family will never forgive each other until you forgive them. I came to tell you, church people, it is not that hard in you. All the families of the earth will be blessed in you, through you. It's not for you. Uh, I said, preach the sermon. I'm studying First and Second Samuel. I'm going to preach. Do y'all know I'm coming back tomorrow night? Here, to this campus. So y'all better bring your friends, because I got a word for tomorrow night that I wrote on the plane. It's hot off the presses. It wasn't ready for the night, though. It would have been like half good. You know what I'm saying? I got to bake it tomorrow. But I was studying First Samuel. I was looking at Hannah. Hannah is Samuel's mother. Hannah was born in a house of Elkanah. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina. Are y'all with me? And the Bible says that Hannah would go to the temple every year believing God for a son. Are y'all with me? Now, what was she driven by? She was driven by the fact that Penina had one and she didn't. Why is God blessing her? And not me. Come on. She a little catty. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Don't make me catch Panina outside, y'all. I take my earrings off and wear. Come on, somebody. Take my tracks out and wear Panina out. Year after year, she goes to the temple, coming back empty-handed. Have you ever prayed for something and it's still a promise and not the fulfillment of it? Have you ever been between a prayer and a promise? Have you ever wondered why God is blessing everybody else and not blessing you? Have you ever wondered why God is touching everyone else's children, but yours is still drunk, staying out late at night, smoking everything under the sun? Have you ever worried about, wonder why God's blessing somebody else's marriage and not yours? The Bible says she came back every single time empty-handed. That used to be me. I used to hate going to church. I see God bless everybody else. I'm like, God don't love me. what I do? I tithed. I served. I ain't smacked that dude last week. <laughs> I thought it, but I didn't do it. And then something changed one year. Hannah said, God, if you bless me with a son, I have shut the noise out of Penina. I am not blaming this on the house that I was born in. But God, if you'll give me a son, 
I'll give him back to you. Something shifted, Ryan. She didn't make it about herself. She didn't make it about her shame. She said, God, if you, if, if you give it to me, I'll give it back for you to use it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And, and, and then she got pregnant. What happened? She changed her reason. And when she changed her reason, God shifted her season. You can pray the right prayer, but for the wrong reason. I don't want God to heal my marriage so me and my wife can stop fighting. I want God to heal my marriage so that my marriage can be a testimony. God, if you heal it, I'll give it back to you. Some of y'all came in tonight with diabetes. You came in tonight fighting uh, uh, clots in your ankles, and you've been praying, God, I want you to heal it. But what if you prayed, God, if you heal me, I'll go back to the doctor who doesn't believe in you, the one who gave me the x-ray, the one who told me these symptoms would be my symptoms forever. The one who gave me a worldly prescription. God, I want to show them that there's a supernatural prescription that cannot be prescribed by anybody on earth, but only in heaven. God, if you heal me, I'll tell the world that my God is more than enough. God, thank you. God, thank you for letting me get it. That if I change my reason, It'll shift my season. So they ripped the roof off. Y'all see this? I want y'all to see this. They ripped the roof off. Now, everybody look up. Can you imagine right now? So you can't read the Bible. That's fiction. Can you imagine, with all of the faith in the room, what the Lord can do? The problem is, is we read Scripture and we don't put ourselves in it because it contains miracles, but the way we read it, it contains miracles. <laughs> Woo! Could it be? It's only contained because you've contained it. <laughs> it can't be lived because we read it and not live it. What if the miracle has already been released, but you left it in a container called church? I, I, I'm trying. Maybe God has shifted my sermon. But they ripped the roof off, right? Mike, they ripped the roof off. They, it, it wasn't black church. I got a testimony. It, it wasn't somebody ought to testify. Oh, God is good. 
on, church. This is the season that God is going to shift us. Ah! And we leave and we, the service, and we say, God, man, God showed up today. Did he? Oh, man, pastor preached tonight. Was it really different than last year? Oh, I can't wait to get to spiritual renewal. Well, if we're renewed every day, why do we need renewal once a year? Because the way we read it is it's contained in the Bible, so we leave it contained in the church. But four guys, four friends, Four characters that were the only characters mentioned other than Jesus that weren't paralyzed. Ripped the roof off the container. Took the limit off a church. Removed the top off of stinking thinking. <laughs> Change their mindsets of not just what God did in Scripture, but what God is going to do when I live the Scripture. What those four guys did is they said if the door is shut because of religion, if the door is shut because of complacency, if there's no more room for lost people because saved people want to sit on the front row and saved people know all the words to the songs, let us never run out of room for lost, paralyzed people. Somebody said, we got to rip the roof off. Our family needs a miracle. We got to rip the roof off. My children need to be saved. We got to rip the roof off. My children need to walk in the freeing power of Jesus Christ. We got to rip the roof off. My coworkers need to experience the kingdom of God. We got to rip the roof off. We got to tear the stinking thinking. We got to tear the religious. We got to tear the sin out the camp. What they did when they ripped the roof off is very simple. All they did was change the front door of the church. If we can't get them in that way, we'll get them in. So I'm at my cubicle and I know that I'm a kingdom agent. And because I'm a kingdom agent, I can't leave the boss. Everybody else cussing out that boss. But I was sent here as the presence of God. Come on, somebody, to be light and darkness. And when I show up to work, I'm on assignment. I don't care what kind of boss I got. He may be an earthly boss. But I got a heavenly father who has sent me on a kingdom assignment to bring heaven to earth. And they cussing him out. But I'm going to be at my cubicle speaking in tongues. I ain't going to be weird. But I'm I'm going to be praying and prophesying over every foul, negative, demonic spirit that is 
pulled up next to me and my community. I may live here, but guess what? I don't reside here. Come on, somebody. I may have a paycheck from a boss, but I got a purpose check from a king of kings who sent me on assignment to deliver those as he delivers me. Change the front door. That's simple. It's simple. What can you do to rip the roof off tomorrow at work? Change the front door to the church. No longer allow the power of the Holy Spirit to be contained with church people. Talking about you had church, but no lost people come. You just fishing inside of an aquarium. How weird would I be if you rolled up to me at my house and I had a fishing rod inside of my house with bait inside of an aquarium trying to catch fish that have already been caught. I came all the way, come on somebody, from West Palm Beach, Florida, to tell you to stop fishing inside an aquarium. Stop just having saved, sanctified friends. Sit at a table with some sinners and start fishing in the deep end. Rip the roof off of what you have doing and evangelize your family this year. My family has jacked up because you have been fishing at church. I came to tell you, everybody in my community acting crazy because you took your fishing rod to church and put it away when you got home. Everybody in my workplace acting crazy. They crazy, he crazy, she crazy, they all crazy because we have reserved our bait for inside of the boat for fish that have all already been caught. I prophesy tonight that everybody in your family shall be saved because God is changing your bait. No longer will you be paralyzed. No longer will you be contained to the four walls of the church. No longer will you leave the glory at the altar. I'm walking in the mall with the glory. I'm in traffic with the glory. People want to ask me, what is it about you? Nothing. Let me tell you what the Lord has done. Ryan preached it already when he said, just remember. Does anybody in here have a testimony? Come on, somebody. I may not be what I'm going to be yet, but I thank God that I'm not what I used to be. Where y'all at right now? I ain't all the way there, but God has saved me. The old church would say, when I look back over my life and look at the Lord and what is done for me, my soul sings hallelujah. Change the front door. I'm going to tell you how you do it. Be nice. Church people the meanest, orneriest, 
despiteful, backbiting, gossip-talking, judgmental, me, people on the earth. You know when my wife's family got saved? When I started acting saved. would anybody want your God who's mean because you mean? I, I, I feel sometimes we try to reach people for Jesus and they look at your life and say, nope, sorry. I'm good. If that's what it means, I don't want none of that. Guys, we got to rip the roof off. I, I, I didn't even know where this came from. I told Chris, I'm sitting there I wrote down, I said, look at this, look at this, what the Lord says. The Bible contains miracles, but it cannot contain miracles. He was like, yeah. <laughs> First, when he didn't get it, he was like, okay, what, what are you saying? No, the Bible is full of miracles, but we should be full of miracles. But we got to rip the roof off. So, so I, I want to I preach tonight. Just to give you a title. <laughs> Called Miracle in Motion. Miracle in Motion. It's crazy to me how there's no motion inside of the church. There's no motion with the paralyzed guy. But four people that were in motion started a movement in the city. <laughs> I'm talking about four people who didn't have the degrees. I'm talking about four people who may not speak in tongues. I'm talking about four people, only four people on the way to church remembered that there was somebody who couldn't get there by themselves. <laughs> it's simple. Scripture is simple. All we have in church, come on, somebody. Can you imagine? With all of the faith in the room, what the Lord can do. What about the faith on the streets? I ain't want to preach this because I want y'all to like me. I don't care anymore. I'm 50. I'll say whatever now. I got an AARP application in the mail this week. Come on, somebody. I don't care no more. How many of y'all over 50? You don't care. I'm going to say it. Yep. Yeah. Y'all like, well, you said it before. No, it's going to really be said now. <laughs> four, 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 four people, I, I want you to see something. I want you to see something. And y'all know the boy with the two fish and a four-piece biscuit and an extra one? <laughs> y'all know when he fed the 5,000, which Hebrew... Law says probably about 20,000 because they only counted men, about four people. 
in each family, unless they, the husband and wife really liked each other. That's a whole other message. Did he know that morning when his mama gave him that lunch that he was a miracle in motion? I, I, I wonder if Rahab turning tricks, running a brothel, when the Hebrew... When they showed up to be hidden, if she knew that when she got saved, that God would use her as a miracle in motion. I, I, I just, I wonder if Jacob, who had been a trickster his whole life, and the angel touches his hip and he can barely walk, if he knew that that limp would be a miracle in motion. I, I know you don't have two fish and five loaves, but what's in your hands that God wants to use? What infirmity in your life that God wants to use? What relative that you can't stand. Come on, think of them. Come on, think of them. Don't nudge them, though, if you're sitting next to them. Just, just think of them. That when you offer forgiveness to someone who doesn't deserve it, that God wants to use. What area in the church are you paralyzed in that is keeping paralyzed people outside the church from seeing a testimony. Isn't it crazy how God will use your greatest weakness and turn it into a witness? I, I'm, I'm a living, breathing, walking, talking testimony. Do y'all have that picture? I, I want to I show you what ripping the roof off looks like. That guy is preaching around the world. He's traveling in first class on planes, getting checks that he's never seen before. He was a big deal. That's 10 years ago at 420 pounds. This guy can pastor a church, but not his kids. This guy was more in love with the pulpit than he was his wife. That guy right there, he, he's winning at the wrong thing. So he's losing at the right thing. That guy right there has got diabetes. That guy right there, a few months from that, would be on a hospital bed with congestive heart failure. Until somebody who's paralyzed 
or was paralyzed gets unparalyzed and says, I'll help you. Who, who was it? His wife who had just got delivered from alcoholism. I could have left her. I could have cheated on her. Thought about it. I was crazy making. She was messing up my plan. How can I pastor a church with a wife addicted to alcohol? The roof was on. Think how crazy that is. Not how can my wife get healed and delivered. And when I changed the way I was looking at things, the things that I was looking at changed. And I remember a pastor friend calling me saying, Jimmy, you will never have the wife you want until you learn to love the wife you have. And I said, love her like that? She drinks to sleep with me. She drinks when she's happy. She drinks when she's sad. I'll be preaching around the country, and I'll come home to her passed out. I don't deserve this. Why me? I'll look at porn. I'll preach in churches around the world and start thinking, who's going to be my next wife? Ten years ago, until I changed my reason and stopped fishing in an aquarium and started fishing to the one I slept next to every night. And this November, November 12, 2023, she celebrated eight years of sobriety. <laughs> and when I started to love the wife that I had, she stood beside me with congestive heart failure. And she says, if you can love me through Alcoholism. I'll love you through food addiction. And she began to love me back to life. What I'm trying to say is when I got unparalyzed, I grabbed her mat. And then when I was paralyzed, She grabbed mine. And today I stand before you 150 pounds down. Even though I ate a boudin ball in the back room. <laughs> Guys, I, I'm just trying to make scripture plain. I want you to rethink your why for needing a miracle.
I didn't need God to deliver my wife so I could grow a church. I didn't need God to deliver my wife so I could have a ministry. I needed God to deliver my wife so we could be the church. I I want you to hear this. I will tell you that over the last year, eight years, about 150 pastors, leaders, and business leaders, we have provided ministry for in secret. And they have gone to rehab and gotten healed and delivered because there was a couple who decided to make room for lost people who could fill a house but whose house wasn't full of Jesus. I I didn't expect the message to go this direction. But can you imagine? Mike, can you join me? With all of the faith in the room, what the Lord can do? How many of you would be honest tonight? I'm talking about, I think, so, can I just say it like I say it in my church? Like there's honesty and then there's butt-naked honesty. (laughs) And I would say it like this, butt-naked honesty. That says there's an area tonight that you're paralyzed in that needs a miracle. I, I, I gave you all of my junk. Don't you dare sit there in shame. Because right now I am naked in front of you. I done told you I was, is there anybody in here? I'm talking about right now. You need a miracle. Come on, I want to see your hand. Or you've been praying for something or you know somebody in your family needs a miracle. I'm telling you right now, I want you to stand on your feet if you need that miracle. I'm telling you right now, what God's going to do tonight is he's going to change the bait. That's what he's going to do tonight. I have picked this scripture apart. But I, I, I got to show you something as I finish because I, I want to show you how they got in front of Jesus. Are y'all with me? Now remember the whole room is full. There's no more room even outside the door. No, nobody who left could get to Jesus. The four guys sacrifice their proximity to Jesus to get in proximity with a paralyzed guy. Are y'all with me? And because they got in proximity with a paralyzed guy, they ended up in proximity with Jesus. Watch me now. I'm going to preach this, and then we're going to altar call, and then we're going to praise, and then people are going to get healed and delivered and set free because I just feel like that's the dream I had. That's what I prayed for. I worshiped all day in my room. All day. Chris, I? I put on worship. I shut my door. I put songs on, and I tried to take a nap, but I couldn't take a nap because all I could hear was, can you imagine with all of the faith in the room what the Lord can do?
what the Lord can do. And I said, God, show me this. And I said, okay. I I want you to see this. Can you put Mark chapter 2, verse 4 and 5 up? Because I want to show you this. It says they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they took the lid off the container above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat where? Right down in front of who? Now these are four guys who couldn't get close to Jesus unless they got close to somebody paralyzed. Y'all hear this? And now they lowered. What does that mean? That means they were committed to not dropping something that was heavy until they got him back to Jesus. I know forgiving that person who doesn't deserve it is heavy. I know loving that coworker whose lifestyle is counterculture to the body of Christ is heavy. But they were committed to the gospel. They were committed to the kingdom. They were committed to healing. They were committed to his deliverance. So they lowered him right down in front of Jesus. And then verse 5 kills me. Seeing their faith. They said to the paralyzed man, What? Seeing, I got to see this because this doesn't make sense to me. Seeing their faith. Not seeing the paralyzed man's faith. Seeing their faith. No, 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 hold on. This blows my theology because he's got to have faith for himself. No, no, no. What I see here is that my faith has the ability to change somebody else's future. Mike, that's what it says. Seeing your faith, your family can be forgiven. don't you? It's crazy to me how your faith can change your friend's appetite for Jesus. Hold on, young person. Just keep saying no. Just don't conform to the patterns of this world. But be transformed out by the renewing of your mind. Seeing, now watch me now. Seeing their faith He said to the paralyzed guy, he didn't say you're fixed. He said you're forgiven. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Jesus was not after his healing. 
Jesus was after his heart. But I came to tell you, you came in the room thinking you needed to be healed. But Jesus is after your heart. I came to tell you that he'll forgive you before he'll fix you. I came to tell you, come on, somebody. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would offer yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto the Lord. I came to tell you guys, I'm telling you right now, it's my people who are called by my name to humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. God says, I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sins and heal their land. Not heal their land and forgive their sins, but forgive their sins and heal. God, we repent for going to church and not being the church. You want deliverance? You want healing? I want you to do something that you didn't know you came to do. I want you to invade this altar right now. I want you to step outside of your seat and I want you to try to get close to Jesus. I'm not Jesus, but I feel that the Holy Ghost, Ryan, can you come with me? That the Holy Ghost is in this place tonight saying, if you have somebody else on your heart, I want you to start thinking about a relative, about a co-worker who needs the healing that you're praying for yourself. And I'm telling you, God is going to see our faith. He's going to heal our land. He's going to forgive our sins and deliver us. God, would you deliver us? God, would you heal us? God, would you
need us right now Divine encounter right now Supernatural encounter right now Nothing you won't do There's nothing you won't do There's nothing you won't do There's nothing you won't do praying tonight for the service and I said God we what's the requirement for revival like we, we prayed it we we want it we want them to show up we we want to we want to wait we want to go to sleep tonight without dealing with anxiety can I just keep it, like, this is just real stuff, like, I want my kids to go out of the house tomorrow and come back safe. I, I, I want my kids to fear God. I, I don't want them to, to practice divorce over and over by dating a whole bunch of people that's not God-ordained for them. I, these are just simple stuff that, that is revival to me. I, I want my son to walk in the freeing power of Jesus Christ at 21. I, I, I want to, I, I, I want, I want his taste for weed to go away. Can I just be real? I, this is the kind of thing that I'm crying out for. So what happens is, is when we're singing in a moment like this, you're like, what do I do? You cry out for what you want. Now let me tell you why we don't do it. Because we don't want anyone else to hear what we really need. But if everybody cries out, Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? Can I, everybody in here. Somebody say everybody. No, no, everybody. Everybody in here needs something from God. I'm going to tell you right now. Right now my wife is home. Was supposed to be with me. And she's dealing with a sinus something that is, she's had for three months. And she can't even get off the couch. The blanket is over her head. And I said, babe, do you want me to cancel? She said, no. I said, why? And she said, 
because you got to leave outside of the house and get you some paralyzed people. Yeah. You'll be back. And then you can lower me right down in front of Jesus. Come on, somebody. But what I'm trying to get you to see is I'm up here needing something too. I'm up here needing a breakthrough for God in my life. I'm up here needing something. So what I want us to do for the next 60 seconds is we're going to raise our hands, we're going to shut our eyes, and we're going to lift up a cry. show you how we go from repentance to requesting to rejoicing we repented God it ain't about me don't just do it in me do it through me we requested there's some areas that I'm paralyzed there's some areas that I need you and I'm gonna tell you how we go from that to rejoicing can you put the scripture back up there And, and can you put up Mark 2.10. So the paralyzed guy has been forgiven. He don't know he's healed until he now puts faith to the feet that he's never used. <laughs> He puts faith to the feet that is never used. Ah, let me read this again. Get up and walk. What? Try it again. That which hasn't worked, work it for the first time. But this is how they went from repentance to requesting, to rejoicing or revival. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and says, stand up, take your mat, and go home. Here's Where we block revival is we want to leave our mat at the feet of Jesus because of shame. We don't want nobody to know we've been through. You mean pick up this mat? God, you have no idea I have laid on this mat my entire life. 
There are scabs on this mat. There is disappointments on this mat. There is discouragement on this mat. This mat does not represent, come on, somebody, that God has touched me. This mat represents the wounds. This mat represents the hurts. This mat represents the discouragement. And God said, no, 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 no. That rep represents destiny. That rep is not a testimony. That is a testimony. And don't you allow shame to cause you to leave your mat at the feet of Jesus. the mat under his feet. His message is because now I'm walking where I couldn't walk. I'm prophesying where I couldn't prophesy. Do you believe that I have dyslexia? I have ADHD. I can't read but when I read the word of God I can read like I